0: When President Ferdinand Marcos declared martial law in the evening of September 21, 1972, he also suspended the writ of habeas corpus. The next morning sounded like this. I was in grade two when that happened. A news junkie daughter of a journalist. like coming made TV or radio news during breakfast. But overnight, familiar voices disappeared. Radio channels hissed dead air. White noise, wriggly, flickering lines filled the TV screens. And newspapers, the very few still publishing, were reporting only one thing. The Philippines was under martial law. Fast forward 48 years. Ihinto po ng ABS-CBN, DCMM, MOR, at lahat po ng TV at radio stations nito sa buong Pilipinas. Ang pag-broadcast pagkatapos po ng aming programa Ito po ay alinsunod sa kautosan nga ng pagpapatigil po ng operasyon Mula sa NTC o National Telecommunications Commission Ako po si Inday Espina Puma Podcast Sa episode na to ng Teka-Teka, we talk about the state of the Philippine Press Ano ba nangyayari? At saka, how could we have let this happen again? World Press Freedom Day noong May 3. Kadataon, we commemorate this day bilang reminder of why press freedom is important in a democracy. Ngayong taon, Press Freedom Day was bittersweet. Probably more bitter than sweet. We celebrated colleagues who have stood by truth despite threats and other forms of attacks. We hailed awards conferred on journalists who doggedly plumbed the depths of our national problems. Pero may kulang ang ABS-CBN. Ang inyong franchise mag-end next year. If you are expecting na uh, marinyo yan, I'm sorry. You're out. I will say to it that you're out. Rodrigo Duterte made good that threat. Kung maalala ninyo, May 5 last year, pinasara ng administration ang network. Yung National Telecommunications Commission ang nag-hand down ng order Direpedia mag operating ABS-CBN kasi naglaps ang franchise niya but that closure order came while Congress was still hearing several bills on the extension of the broadcast networks franchise it was confused silence but you could also feel the anger so it just felt like people were milling around whispering in hushed tones not admitting that we were going dark. That was Shara Zambrano. Now the closure of ABS-CBN led to thousands of employees and talents losing jobs and livelihood. Pero higit The subsequent denial of Congress of its franchise extension stomped on the people's right to information and the right to freedom of expression. Many nasa lahar ang Barangay San Francisco sa Ginobatan, Many of the poorest and most desolate areas in the Philippines suddenly lost access to their local news channel under ABS-CBN. At nakita natin ang impact nito sa COVID response at sa mga dumaang bagyo. Kulang sa warning, kulang sa information. Hindi lang ang malayang daloy ng impormasyon ang kinitil nang nagsara ang mga regional bureaus ng network, nawalan din ang mamamayan ng platforma kung saan maaring marinig ang bosses nila ABS continues with its cable channel ANC and it's gone digital in a big way pero let's not forget around half of our people don't really have that much access to digital technology internet service may be spotty in their areas or they're too poor to afford data service fees needed for video viewing. Pero teka, teka. tayo, bakit nangyari uli ito? Ito bang take-two sa ng isang malaking media organization? A reflection of some failures by media? Matagal na akong journalist. Nagsimula ako sa elementary school paper, Marsha professionally since 1984. Noon pa man at hanggang ngayon, klaro naman na hindi nagkulang ang Philippine media in its duty to defend press freedom. And then there are laws, including our constitution, that protect press freedom. But let's face it, not since martial law years have we seen the kind of brutality unleashed by President Rodrigo Duterte. Siyempre, kasama dito ang media. Siguro hindi tayo prepared to imagine the lengths Duterte would go in these vendettas. We had been warned about the strongman from Davao. But many of us probably thought, surely there are lines that leaders do not cross? Hindi ngan ng martial law, not nationwide anyway, pero the assaults of media have come from multiple fronts. The National Union of Journalists of the Philippines has documented 223 attacks since 2016 19 journalists have been murdered 13 experienced physical assaults 11 have been arrested including Maria Ressa colleagues at Rappler who have been charged with cyber libel by the way 37 journalists have faced cyber libel charges dozens have also faced online harassment and 12 websites and digital platforms have come under online attacks, including orchestrated denial of service. But teka, teka sino ba yung mga attackers? Now, targets or witnesses have identified 114 state agents as perpetrators. This number is almost evenly divided among local government actors, the police, and national officials. The NUJP reported 52 cases of intimidation, ang common red tagging, a favorite tactic of the police and the military, and anonymous trolls. In fact, some military and national security officials have been unmasked as the owners of fake accounts or anonymous pages dedicated to red tagging. Now, these attacks did not take place in a vacuum. From day one, the Duterte administration set up the landscape for repression with a flood of disinformation. Deliberate, systematic, gamit ang malaking pondo mula sa intelligence and confidential funds that hardly come under any audit process. 2016 pa lang, Maria Reza of Rappler already wrote about the proliferation of anonymous pages that spread lies aimed at justifying the government's draconian measures and undermining the credibility of news organizations. Under this government, manufacturing lies became a very profitable industry. Some disinformation managers get paid up to 100000 a month. Now that's higher than the monthly pay of some editors. Bressa pointed out that some disinformation networks raked in as much as $5 million a month, partly also because of profits from ads on Facebook, YouTube, and other social media platforms. The lies were two-pronged. One, they presented glowing but false narratives of the Duterte's accomplishments. And then they released torrents of vicious attacks against journalists and media institutions. Bayaran, Dilawan, Comunista. These are the top responses to critical coverage. Fake news is also a standard response to any negative story. Many disinformation networks were traced to Duterte's communication apparatus and even the military. Following a crackdown on these artificial social media accounts, officials took on a greater role in initiating the spread of disinformation and stepping up verbal attacks against the media. Now, ironically, sometimes the target sector, that's us, in the media, could become tools for propagating disinformation. Too many times, government lies were reported absent of a critical lens. Maybe it's a pressure of ratings and circulation, maybe is a wrong appreciation of the tenets of objectivity. But admittedly, the media allowed the architects of lies to ride on the airlines, digital news portals, and print publication that lasted a few years. Pero sa kabila ng mga hamon, journalists eventually were able to respond. Naging conscious na kami na hindi tayo stenographers. Hindi pwedeng repeat and repeat and repeat lang obvious na kasi So we've sharpened our fact-checking right at the starting gate, because defending press freedom is good, but asserting press freedom is better. And the latter also means that journalists should become more diligent and faster at the task of pointing out contradictions between what news sources claim and facts underground. There are other steps journalists have also taken to strengthen the profession against attacks. Many are transcending institutional rivalries to stand together when colleagues are harassed. Pero balikan natin social media. A decade back, social media was a brave new world. Today, it can look like a war zone. Ten years ago, many netizens wanted to become citizen journalists. They wanted to help media hold the powerful to account. They hungered to learn skills and standards for gathering, processing, and disseminating the news. They were invested in telling their stories and telling this right. With the advent of the Duterte came disruption. His government tried to paint media as irrelevant or, worse, an enemy of the state. But we've had five years to learn about how the powerful can subvert and twist this brave new world. It is good to see media organizations and civil society now working closely again to improve understanding of how news is produced. This is something we should sustain with the looming challenge of the 2022 elections. Our audience now seeks to protect itself against disinformation and misinformation. It wants to know how to responsibly share the stories of their communities. It is not enough to fight lies. Democracy is strongest when people work together to be truth-tellers. Again, I'm Indai Espina Varona from a podcast. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Carl Sayat. For explainers like this, follow Teka Teka on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Maraming Salamat po. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer.